Where's Your Head At? A podcast turning mental health into a conversation. Brought to you by the Bauer Media Group. Hello and welcome to the Where's Your Head At? podcast. I'm Andrea Zara. Where's Your Head At? is a joint collaboration between Bauer Media, Natasha Devon MBE and Mental Health First Aid England. We launched this campaign in 2018, petitioning for a change in law for better mental health provisions in workplaces and colleges across the UK. A part of this is also making mental health an everyday conversation. In this episode, we're joined by Adam Collard. Adam stole our attention when he walked onto our TV screens and into the Love Island villa in 2018. He left coupled with Zara McDermott. Coming up, Adam opens up about his insecurities around his body image, how social media has greatly impacted his mental health and the tools he now uses to combat this. Adam starts this conversation by sharing his own personal experiences with mental health. I think with my personal experiences coming out of Love Island, I know the character that I sort of portrayed just naturally because of the edit, not because I had a role or anything at all, but because of the situation and the way my experience in Love Island panned out. And Mike was very similar as well. He had that whole, I'm the alpha male, I'm the run the villa, blah, 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 even though we're not like that, but that's the way it looked like on camera for six weeks or however long he was in there. And I think because we had that whole approach, it's hard to speak out about because everyone's like, well, he's not bothered, he's not bothered about anything. And I think that's sometimes the way people can think. So are there certain things that will have a negative impact on your mental health? The things that would probably have a negative impact on my mental health would be stuff to do with maybe body image. And I know I've spoke about this in the past, but I'm like the fitness guy of this year. So the pressures of me staying in shape for like social media and stuff are a lot higher than, for example, Jack who won it because he sort of went in a way and I went in looking a certain way. So now you've got to keep up that. But when you're on the road 24 seven, it's very, very hard to do that. So I think the people who are in that, in my shoes, so to speak, of like previous years, they probably feel the same. And, and how does that affect you then? Sort of, do you, do you think that people are looking to you to, to, for fitness or, you know, will be judging your photos or how does it, how does that come, how does that sort of pan out for you? I think I'm very, especially on social media, I'm quite hypercritical. Even some of my friends are like, you're ridiculous, you look great, but it's not up to my standards, so to speak. And I think, well, I don't look like I did when I walked in the villa, so maybe I can't post that. But we all go through phases throughout the year of like the way we look. But I think that certain people, especially in the comments section, and when people comment like trolling and stuff like that, they think, oh, well, he shouldn't do that because he's in the limelight or something like that, which is not the case at all. I'm very good at now switching off and not reading the comments but every now and then I will have a browse. I mean, Zara, the, the girl who I was with, obviously my ex, she was terrible for it. And like, I almost had to sit her down at points and be like, you need to stop doing that because it's not good for your headspace. Whereas like, I'm a little bit more thicker skin, but I can really imagine people that maybe are a bit more introvert, it would get to them a lot more. And um, for someone who might not have experienced suffering with anxiety or depression or stress, can you describe what it's like? I wouldn't even class myself as a major sufferer of anxiety, but I think almost just feeling on edge around people and not because of the people that are even around you. It could be something completely different that's happened three days ago with a different group of people or something online. But for the next few days, I think you always feel on edge. You don't feel relaxed, almost like a little bit shaky sometimes. And I think you just feel like not fully yourself. I wouldn't even know how to describe it. You know when you know. Yeah. And what would you say would be your lowest time ever? 
I don't want to tarnish it because I think everybody, when they come out of Love Island, like the PAs and stuff like that are absolutely fantastic and like meeting all those hundreds of people and stuff like that. But what people don't realise is if you do a lot of them, I think I did 28 days straight once, you are in a hotel room by yourself a lot of the time and then you can't really, you don't want to go anywhere else because you're in a city where no one really knows. I mean, I still get anxious sometimes about coming to London because I'm from Newcastle, it's completely different. I'm used to being able to drive 20 minutes and be anywhere I want to be. So this is a big city for me and I'm still only getting used to it now after like nine months of like living here on and off. So it, I would say the lowest point was probably like loads and loads of PAs during that busy time. So we are hearing a lot at the moment about reality TV and the mental health issues um, that it can have on the people involved. Did you find it difficult being in the spotlight so suddenly? I don't think I really found it difficult being in the spotlight, but I definitely underestimated it. So I think some people can, can almost drown in it a little bit. I mean, I remember me and Dr. Alex having a conversation in the villa and he was like, yeah, like um, I'll probably end up at work two weeks after I come out. I think I've only got an extra week and I just went, you'd have no idea what's coming. And even for me saying that, and I knew a little bit more than him, I even still underestimated massively. I didn't expect the how many people would actually come up to you, especially at the start. And obviously there are certain times, and I think this is one of the problems with like relationships as well. You can sit with a meal with the girl you are with off the show and you will not speak for an hour because there's that many people, picture, 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 and you don't actually speak at all. Mm. So how did you cope? I think I've read up a little bit on certain techniques of how to deal with mental health, but for me the big one would be training, like fitness, it's always a release. I can guarantee if I go in the gym five, six times a week and have some sort of like, it's almost like channeled aggression I think, and but it completely like detoxes your mind and obviously you get all the endorphins, but as well like breathing techniques and writing stuff down. Believe it or not, for the first time I actually got this thing called the eight minute diary. And I think there's only eight questions, but it's literally all you do is you write down something you're grateful for every day, something you did well today, something you did bad today, how to make it better, and then one other thing, but little things like that. And I never ever thought that I would be the type of person to do that. So what have you learned about your own mental well-being? I think what, what I would say for people's mental health, they probably need to like, prevent it before it happens. I think not enough people like take their own time of like sitting by themselves and actually like just relaxing or like just taking a minute and especially in London I see it a lot more than in Newcastle because I without trying to say this people are worse down here for like it's crazy like people do not stop and I've never seen it like that before but I think trying to take your own little mini breaks throughout the day and like thinking about certain things are like you know speaking to someone just having a normal conversation that's not work related will always help and if someone's really struggling with their mental health what would you suggest they do I would always say talk about it, but sometimes that can be very hard. Yeah. And how do you think that people can help others who might be suffering? I think everybody needs to pull together with the mental health thing. I mean, you, you look at the main stigma now, social media, how many people who have never met someone in the world comment horrible things on people's photos and stuff like that. But certain things like social media like pulling together like in job in the job industry i think there should be more like there should be someone in a business who maybe does that because i think work stress can quite a lot cause mental health and again just talking but i wouldn't even know what you would how you would start that off so there's obviously loads of pressure with social media now and you can go on someone's instagram and think wow what a life they've got how good they look they've got all these amazing friends look at their car look at their pets look at their house um, but actually, in reality, 
you know, you couldn't be further from the truth sometimes. What effect do you think social media has had on your health? Um, it's been a learning curve. I would say I've definitely had to adapt to the situation of going from having 9,000 followers to 1.1 million because at the end of the day there is a lot more people that are now involved in my life which it's not the reality of my life but it's the life that I'm portraying on Instagram and everybody has something to say on the matter. So I definitely have to learn how to cope with people's comments whether they're positive or negative. So trying to almost detach yourself from people who could be fans or not fans is something you really need to learn how to do. So can we talk about this image that um, you've, you've, you've posted on social media where you look incredible, you look happy, you look confident, you look in shape, you look amazing, but you've actually now said that that, that wasn't entirely the case? <laughs> that was the first holiday I went on with Zara where I started feeling good about like I was almost getting back into the shape that I was at the start which is great but it was the first image that I sort of like released of it and I think because of going from being really in shape going out of shape and then sort of getting that back because that was the first image and I remember it was the first day of my holiday with Sora then I was like do I post it do I not like is it good enough is it like is it going to impress people again like day one and I was thinking why do I actually need to impress people why am I not just doing this because I'm happy on holiday with my girlfriend so that was what I was thinking, even though I probably put some really witty, cocky caption on and I probably posted it anyway, tanned up and then, but it wasn't the case. I wasn't super confident with that photo because it was like almost my revival of like being fit again. I mean, how do you deal with the inner voices that, you know, social media does, it does create more inner voices, doesn't it? Like, you know, should I post it? What should I say? What do you think other people are going to say? Do, do you, does that kind of ever get to you at all? Do you, think, do you ever wish that it, it would will go away. It's funny because when I'm actually with my friends back home, obviously they have normal Instagrams with just our friends on from home. So I look down there and we obviously, all my photos used to just be like me out with friends, me out just in the gym, just standard stuff, not really thinking about it. But now you get all these voices being like, is this good enough for my fans? Is this good enough? Do I look good enough? Is it good for my Instagram? Is it good enough for my business now? Like my business and half of the content that I have for like certain companies is me being in shape. So yeah, it does stress you out sometimes. And I definitely overthink a lot more than what I used to before Love Island. So why did you post that picture in the end? I think with my approach to things and the way I deal with most situations, I was sort of just like effort, like let's just put it on and see what happens, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And there's probably some negative comments on there, but there is 10 times more positive ones probably. It's just, you don't really, you don't really see them as much. And that's the bad thing. And I think what people should do to actually help the mental health is if you are going to read the bad ones, read all of the good ones because they don't go to the top, but they are there. Why do you think it's the bad ones that tend to stick in your mind over the good ones? Uh, honestly, social media is quite terrible for this. The bad comments go to the top of the, because they have most engagement, because people argue back, so then it puts it to the top. So you will always see the negative comments before the positive. It either goes people who have got blue ticks, which luckily I've got quite a lot of friends like that now, and then it's negative comments, then it's positive. So I can actually recommend going to the bottom and actually reading the people that like you first, because quite a lot of the time it can be people who you actually know, but just because they haven't got a million followers, it will not be at the top. What do you think life would be like without social media? I mean, life without social media for me probably wouldn't be great right now because it is a massive part of my business. I mean, I have an online coaching business. It's my business to do fashion and paid posts and stuff. So it wouldn't be great for me at all. But 
having a detox and I would say the one of the best things that every single person in Love Island says said when they came out was how nice is it not having a phone and not just scrolling through Instagram all the time like we actually make conversation 24 7 and is there more that society could do as a whole to support those with mental illnesses society just need to be nicer like what happened the other day is where like People just opened the door for each other, said thank you, like, it's crazy. I just don't understand why little things. The, the maddest moment for me was the week I came off Love Island and there was a disabled woman who I actually picked the bottom of her wheelchair up while her husband was at the back. And someone took a video of me and shouted and said, I thought you were supposed to be the nasty one off Love Island this year. And I was just absolutely baffled. I, obviously, I didn't really see all of the episodes at that point, so I didn't really understand it as much, but still, why would you not do that? Is there more that Love Island can do to, to help people? Honestly, my personal experience, I think that Love Island were really supportive because I've had phone calls from certain producers. It's broken up. Some weeks they're really good, some weeks they're not as good, but that's probably just because they're doing the rounds. So I actually think that Love Island were really good about it. And it's, it's a hard one because if you blame Love Island for something that has happened, like obviously the Mike situation, I think then you've got to look at, are you going to blame the retail job that you had at 18? Are you going to blame the 16-year-old job that you had when you were working in a shop? Are you going to blame your paper round when you're 14? It's not just Love Island. It's Love Island. It's agents. It's people in society. It's social media. It's all of these people who generally need to be nicer. Adam Collard there talking to us about his journey with mental health, reality TV and balancing the importance of social media in his life. In the next episode, we catch up with Zara Holland, who you may recall from Love Island 2016, which she now claims destroyed her career. So please join me for that. In the meantime, I'm Andrea Zara. Be kind to others, but most importantly, to yourself. And remember, it's good to talk. Where's Your Head At? A podcast turning mental health into a conversation. Brought to you by the Bauer Media Group.